on polka dots and keep your hands to yourself. Polka <laughs> 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 dots. Oh, man. All right. Welcome to Screen Fix Morning Edition. We're recording <laughs> in the morning. I am hyped up on coffee, baby. Woo. And uh, I've had a couple uh, slices of bacon. And uh, I'm sizzling. I'm ready to go. I'm... I'm Let's do this. Let's talk about some movie stuff. Yeah. Let's talk about let's mm-hmm. let's fix a movie. Mm-hmm. We're gonna be fixing the phenomenon, Black Panther. <laughs> but first, uh, I am your host JC, and I am here as always with the co-hosts that carry the show. It is <laughs> Mustachio. Say hi to everybody. Hello, everyone. You having a good week? Did you do anything film, movie, TV related? Uh, maybe you, uh, surfed a mean wave, (laughs) whatever, you know, whatever, you know, whatever you did, just, you know, how's, how's your week? How are you? How are you? Good. Um, Ikea is becoming a problem, Uh, (laughs) a a, a really good problem, but out with the old in with the new and build it yourself. I'm digging it. (laughs) That's out with the old in with the particle board in with the part. Well, some of it's good, good laminate. Some of it's actually put together with really good design, and it's not just you know crap that's thrown together. So I appreciate that. Nice. You know, we do have a listener in Sweden. Yeah. yeah. I've looked at the stats. We love the furniture. And the meatballs. And the meatballs. <laughs> oh, gosh. So anyway, Screen Fix loves Sweden. Thank you for listening. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> How about you, Lady Juan? Did you do anything this week that was TV, film-related? Maybe you made, uh, you know, uh, palm frond wreaths. <laughs> I had a nice little movie night last night. I watched three movies. Well, nice. I watched like two and three-quarter movies because I fell asleep. But yeah, they, it was a weird combination of movies. I feel really confident that I'm the first person to ever watch these three movies in one night. I watched, <laughs> I watched What We Do in the Shadows, which is the Jermaine oh. Clement and Yay! Taika Waititi <laughs> vampire mockumentary. Then I watched Star Trek Beyond, which is the third one in the Kelvin dimension. And then I watched written by Simon Pegg. Yeah, and then I watched Funny Girl with Barbara Streisand and Omar Sharif. Barbara (laughs) Streisand. Okay, you are officially the only person to watch to go from to go from Star Trek to Streisand. Yeah, Yeah. it was a good night though. I enjoyed it. Yeah, you boldly went where no Moyle has ever gone before. Ridiculous. Okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's jump right into our news. Our first item. Okay. Did either of you see Paddington 1 or Paddington 2? Uh, didn't Negative. quite make it to those. I saw them. <laughs> and I liked them. You know what? I'm not even going to be ashamed about it. I like Paddington. I like Paddington 2. Paddington 2 even got me choked up. Aw. Good. You know, and what's really funny is as I was being choked up, I remember in my head, I'm thinking, man, this bear. Damn it. <laughs> How? Why? This bear gets me every time. He's a cute bear. Paddington likes everyone. He's so helpful and wonderful to everyone. Why, <laughs> why is this happening to him? <laughs> Paddington was getting me all choked up. In the second one, Paddington goes to, to jail. It's... it's, <laughs> it's Pretty hilarious because he ends up. I don't. I don't. I don't want to spoil it too bad, but he ends up uh, transforming the jail, of course, because everyone's eating, you know, marmalade sandwiches, and and, and and suddenly their like cafeteria looks like this cool little like shabby chic little <laughs> little restaurant, little coffee shop. 
It sounds it's, lovely. It's, it is. It's it's very lovely. Mm. Uh, Paddington is a very lovely bear. So the director of Paddington, Paul King, is directing a live action Pinocchio, and I'm I was wondering how you guys felt about oh. a live action Pinocchio. I recently went back and actually watched Pinocchio. Oh no. And it's the most triggering movie of my childhood. Really? Explain that. I I don't know if I can talk my way through it without starting to cry. Um I'm Whoa. literally getting choked up. When they go to Pleasure Island and that little donkey is in his sailor uh-huh. suit and he is like I want to go home and he can't go home because he's a donkey now. Like, I'm not faking this. Like, it legitimately makes me cry. It's so sad. It's so sad. Like, they're cartoons. It's not real. I have to tell myself that so I don't, like, fall apart completely. Oh, it's depressing. (laughs) Yeah, it's powerful. Like, can you not go to petting zoos anymore? You have a donkey? I don't care for donkeys at all. But if you put one in a sailor suit, I would probably fall apart. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that little boy and then Amazing. the mean guy takes the clothes from him and he throws him in the cage oh my god it's so sad it's so sad it's an intense movie and it's funny when you watch it because there's a lot of there's a lot of beer drinking there's a lot of cigarettes there's cigars a lot of, yeah. yeah yeah cigars so just crazy stuff but that, um, that kind of brings up jc what i what i was thinking about the movie is i mean we do consider that movie very special if we see kind of more of a light live action you know Paddington-esque portrayal of it is it actually gonna highlight some of the stuff that we didn't really focus on in the cartoon like it's a pathological lying puppet (laughs) if we see a kind of more real-to-life version of that that in his pursuits of you know traveling with this show and drinking and smoking and gambling and then also falling prey to Pleasure Island and its exploits. Are we going to have the same feelings or is it going to just totally take us into a place of like resenting, you know, this actual written story? I don't I don't know. I'm all for this, especially after the Pinocchio that came out starring um, Roberto, Roberto Benigni. Benigni. Roberto Benigni. Yeah, Roberto Benigni did Pinocchio, and yeah. that movie's just just not. That's like the wrong way to do live action is is to make Pinocchio a guy that looks like he's pushing forty and and walk <laughs> and walking around with a with a big nose. But um, I mean, he is he is Pinocchio esque, <laughs> Roberto yeah. Benigni. But that's I, I don't think anybody wanted that Pinocchio. But I prefer the Pinocchio from the Shrek movies. <laughs> I'm a real boy I love that one (laughs) that one doesn't make me cry (laughs) yeah so he's yeah he he makes you laugh someone else who was previously attached to this was Guillermo del Toro yeah and I was kind of looking for like the tale itself (sighs) gets dark and I thought that his uh sensibilities would have been good for Pinocchio but I almost thought he might have made it a little too too dark too scary yeah yeah like a like a little too scary um i think the director of paddington is going to give it a level of like love and care and and detail that are fine for it um yeah kind of keeping it marmalade for us keeping it a little more marmalade (laughs) and a little less blackberry yeah or you know red red cherry i don't know what's like an evil fruit uh pomegranate (laughs) too many seeds yeah because it's it's seedy yeah Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's seedy. <laughs> <laughs> Pomegranate because it's seedy. Um, so. I really do love the phrase "keep it marmalade," though. That seems like 
pretty good. I'm going to start using yeah. that in my regular yeah, life. We, we got to keep it marmalade. Yeah. Keep it light. Yeah. Keep it up yeah. on the up and up. Keep it marmalade. Let's keep this marmalade. <laughs> yeah. No. yeah. The CGI work on Paddington is really good, and I'm hoping that that really good uh, CGI work will also be in play here with Pinocchio. And this director already, you know, he's 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 already good now at working with a character who is not there. And I feel like he'll mm-hmm. he's already ready for this. He's he's gonna now he's gonna just you know replace Paddington with Pinocchio. Um, I do hope that it does uh, stick with some of the uh, darker aspects, and hopefully, uh, Lady One has to be carried out. I I won't put myself through it. I can't. What stop. happens when, oh like, what happens when Donkey Boy looks like really realistic CGI? No, and you really feel like he's real. No, I can't. I can't handle that. I, it's, it's not okay. <laughs> it's so <But> sad. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, they, they're gonna have to get, they're gonna have to get it right when it comes to Jiminy Cricket. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, Jiminy Cricket. Do they go with a cartoony look? For Jiminy Cricket, or did they, or did they go with like a realistic looking, like actual ugly little cricket? Yeah, no, Jiminy no, Cricket no. definitely confused me as to what crickets were when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, just crickets have like a really soothing voice. Is, I just is thought right. like they yeah, had little heads like that, and I don't know. Like, and then I saw a real cricket, I was like, oh, that's uh, not what I was expecting. That is hilarious. Yeah. So, no, <laughs> uh, it it could be a real adventure. I mean, like to end up in that like sperm whale, like inside, and that that ship kind of coming apart. Monstro. Like, that's monstro. So, I mean, that could really be done well. Oof. How'd you know that that was a sperm whale? Did you? Did, did they say that in the movie? Uh, I don't. I, know I don't know. It's just a big ass whale. <laughs> All right. So, sperm whale is the first whale that comes to mind um so anyway i'm googling what kind of whale is monstro yeah oh he's he's a mix between a sperm whale and a blue whale according to the internet he's a mix <laughs> yeah he's the liger of the sea <laughs> are you gonna see pinocchio i will only go see it if someone goes to see it first and then promises me nothing that like traumatic and triggering will happen and then i'll think about it mustachio are, are you gonna see it i'm gonna see it but i hope i don't cry oh next on this episode as soon as the it movie came out it is always a two-parter there's the kids half and there's the adult half where mm-hmm. they have to go back to dairy and fight the clown again as soon as this movie came out there was already speculation for who was going to be cast as the kids the adult kids and since beverly has red hair of course the like five red-haired actresses were (laughs) (laughs) were like uh, immediately thrown out and one of them right away was uh jessica chastain Uh and right now it looks like jessica chastain is actually in talks to be adult beverly yep do we like Jessica Chastain as an actress? Do we love her? Do we like her? What's your uh, opinion of uh, Jessica Chastain? Yeah, I like her. Very kind of quiet and reserved, the female character from It. She was kind of secure in her own self, and she kind of has like a quiet nature to her, but a little bit of an extrovert at times with how she'll talk to somebody, like the little boy who kind of builds stuff uh, and is picked on. I feel like Jessica Chastain could do that character well, bring it bring it some more life, bring it like a whole new, like all this has happened to me in this safe time that Pennywise hasn't been back. I like her. 
Cool. I know you didn't see it, uh, Lady Wan, Mm-mm. because... Because uh, I scare easy. Because you scare very easily. <laughs> yeah, um, this is not my kind of thing. I'm way too easily frightened. I hold on for, to things for way too long, as evidenced by the fact that Pinocchio still makes me cry. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I cannot sit through this. It won't work for me. But I'm glad that people seem to like it good for them yeah there's the kid half and there's the adult half and so pennywise in the story comes back every you know roughly every 27 years so he comes back it's 27 years later and there's a couple more kids that are uh being killed in the the town again so they show up and they figure out that they are going to kill this thing and they want to kill it once and for all so the characters Mike Hanlon is now the town's uh, librarian. Uh, he's the only one who's still in Derry, the one black character. He's the one who actually calls them all up and was like, look, we made a promise to come back and kill this thing. The character Bill Denbro is now a horror writer, oddly enough. <laughs> the main kid, I guess. Uh, Beverly becomes a fashion designer in Chicago who's married to some abusive man which is terrible because of course her child story arc is that she's abused by her dad so that's kind of really sad (laughs) eddie casbrock is in uh runs a limousine rental company um and that was the one who is sick all the time sick the one who's like whose mother was a hypochondriac Mm. yeah and he's married to a person who's just like his mother (laughs) Uh, Richie Tozier, which is our potty mouth character played by Finn Wolfhard, uh, now lives in L.A. and he's a disc jockey. And then uh, Ben Haskam, which was our uh, chubby kid. Uh, He's now a thin, successful architect. Looking all thin to win. (laughs) And Stan Uris is a wealthy accountant. Which kid was Stan? Too many kids. There were a lot of kids. <laughs> Stan was Stan was like the curly-haired kid who was kind of scared to go in everywhere. Yeah. Basically right. scared of everything. Yeah, Stan was our curly-haired scaredy cat. His, uh, his story seems to be the most boring out of all of them, just like he's probably the most boring character in the, in the movie <laughs> anyway. So anyway, Aww. those are our adults. The kid actors in It were really great. Um, I thought they all gave outstanding... Mm-hmm. Um, performances and they yeah. brought it they got, they got to and they did they all have it factor <laughs> this kid's got it so he's gonna uh, be a star do we have any ideas so out, outside of uh, uh jessica chastain for beverly do we see any uh, actors uh, working today in any of these roles uh let's just start with bill like our main kid do you see any uh, adult actor that you'd like to be bill who's our lead i mean i have uh, a suggestion he might be too young but um, I thought of Joseph Gordon-Levitt. You know what? I don't think he is too young. I just think he looks young. That's true. He He's does. got a bit He's of a baby, baby face. I actually like the idea of Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah. You could put some scruff yeah. on him. How about you, uh, Greg? Do you have anybody for Bill? Well, uh, not for Bill. I think like it pairs well with my idea for Stanley. Uh, oh, Stanley, our... Our so, scaredy cat. Yeah, you mentioned Bill Denbro's character could be Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Well, Stanley could be Paul Dano, and I feel, I feel like that that uh, relationship could look a little Looper-esque. I don't know. It, there's something there. Yeah, Paul Dano looks kind of scaredy catish for sure. For Mike Hanlon, I would probably put just because 
He's just so damn handsome. I would just put Idris Elba in there. Screw it. I have Morris Chestnut because I want some handsome too. <laughs> I mean, Morris, <laughs> Morris, Morris Chestnut, Chestnut is, is, is great. Good oh, to yeah, look at. Good. Morris Chestnut is good. Yeah, that he was my pick for Mike. Did you have one for Bill though, JC? Yeah, for our main guy, I didn't write him down. <laughs> what? You didn't write him down? I was Googling lists of actors yesterday trying to cast this movie, even though I haven't seen it. <laughs> For well, for Stan, our scaredy cat, I kind of wanted like a um, what the hell is his name from uh, Dundee? Danny McBride. Yeah, I was gonna put really? Danny McBride in. There. Oh, that's weird. Because he's got curly hair, and I can picture oh. him being a scaredy cat. That takes over the character too much. Yeah, then everybody's different. just gonna want a Stan movie. <laughs> <laughs> scaredy cat Stan movie. I um, I thought Ben Foster could work for Stan. Oh, that's a good one. Ben Foster is good. That's like because he for can sure. play somebody who's you know a little. I don't know. I can't really think of a, a better way to explain it. But I got Ben Foster. <laughs> How about for our potty mouth Richie Tozer, who's now a disc jockey? Yeah. Oh, Jason Lee. That's pretty well, good. <laughs> yeah. That, that could work. I like that, one. that works. No, not his first Stephen King story. I could see it. That's oh, true. Uh, what else yeah. was he in that was that the was Dreamcatcher? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well done yeah i so i have a pick for richie but I, i'm worried he's too old this time i have ethan <laughs> hawk oh yeah 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 i can see it similar structure in their face he looks like a grown-up finn wolfhard to me yeah he'll, he'll have to you know start using the word douchebag more often and, i feel confident you know, ethan hawk can like do that throwing rocks at people <laughs> <laughs> That's an interesting. Like I would almost put Ethan Hawke as just like Bill. Hmm. I think Hawke is versatile enough where he could be any of these people. <laughs> That's true. Oh, he's pretty Hawk. good. Which role do you want, Ethan? We'll give you whichever one. I want to be the fat kid. That's not hot. Know, um, <laughs> Mike. I'll take this guy, Mike Hanlon. Who do we have for our Ben <laughs> Hanscom, who's now thin and successful, and he was chubby? I have one for this. Oh. It's um. We got uh, cousin Matthew. Um, Dan Stevens. I think Dan Stevens, cousin Matthew from Downton Abbey. Mm. Not that I watched it. I mean, it's so good. All right, so b- maybe I've watched the whole series. Anyway, I think that Dan Stevens. Yeah. Would be a good Van Hanscom. Like Dan Stevens to me looks like somebody who was who was fat and then got thin. Yes, he definitely looks like he used to be a chubby kid. I see right? it. Yeah. I see it. <laughs> yes, he's got that former. Former chubby kid thing going on. Yeah. Once been known to have excessive facial tissue. What about what about Chris Pratt? Did you just say excessive facial tissue? Don't don't highlight that. <laughs> excessive <laughs> facial tissue. Oh, that's terrible. Chris Pratt. You, you think Chris Pratt could would be Ben Hanscom? Well, I read that somewhere that I have forgotten where. I read well, that's that like as- cheating because everyone knows he was fat and then got buffed. Like that's, <laughs> yeah. that's almost cheating. Like I had James Marsden. Oh, James Marsden. He looks Marsden. like an architect, right? Yeah, yeah. James, and he's dreamy. Like <laughs> for him to have been the fat kid that like nobody was really into, like that's some that's a revenge body. He's dreamy. So I thought he would be good for that. So for Eddie Kaspbrack, who is the guy who was a whose mother was a hypochondriac mm-hmm. and now is with the hysteric some like woman who's like controlling like his mom i've got jack black oh interesting uh 
Well, explain. <laughs> <laughs> I just could Why? see him. You could see him with an inhaler. Yeah, no, I just I can see him being a, playing a, a hypochondriac character who's always scared of like things being icky. Well, you know what? Maybe it's because of his Jumanji, like where he, <laughs> where, where he where he just, just couldn't even can't even. <laughs> No, maybe I just see him as like somebody who like can't even with all these sewers and. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what about Jason Bateman? Would that be? Ooh, <laughs> could they get him? He's got like this. I can see Bateman as uh, Richie Tozer, the DJ. Oh yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. So for Eddie, I started thinking about this too hard, and I was like, "Oh, these are all a bunch of people who would have a movie on their own. We need somebody who's just kind of one of the group that nobody pays attention to." And I thought of Justin Bartha who's just in in all the Hangover movies, but not in them. (laughs) You're absolutely right. Yeah, I was like, there's too many people in here that I want to watch. What about somebody I don't care about? Justin Bartha. Justin Bartha is the (laughs) epitome of of like... Just there. Yeah. He just just fell asleep for a while. He's the marmalade of of actors. He keeps keeps the movie marmalade. He's the marmalade. Um, Is is that everybody? Did we hit everyone? All right. We have now cast It. Yes, make it happen. I will expect my check. You should expect (laughs) this poster photoshopped (laughs) on the Screen Fix Twitter sometime soon. How do you feel about this? So we haven't talked about Last Jedi in a little bit. It's been a minute. It has been a minute, but the Blu-ray is coming out. 14 deleted scenes. Is it bad that I want all 14 to be Porg? No. (laughs) More porgs. Pork. More I just pork. want porgs. Yeah, because they're screw so it. cute. I want a porg featurette. I want a <laughs> porg cartoon. I love it. I love the porgs. So in these fourteen scenes, what do you want more of that you feel like last yet I did not have enough of? How about you, Mustachio? Ooh, more droids. I wanna see I wanna see all the different types, like service droids or um, you know, more um fix it. In the heat of the moment, it's droids. true. You know what? Communi- I'm still communication mad. Droids. I'm still mad about you know some of the marketing and some of the toys and stuff had that one black ball droid. Yeah, what was it? BB9 something. Yeah, e? like that evil ball droid. I thought that was gonna be like one of our big characters. I, I thought that was gonna be like the antagonist to BB8. Yeah, like they could have a and fight. he yeah, yeah like they would have a fight. Like yeah. I I hate like I hate when they build up something in the in in the marketing and it doesn't mm-hmm. pay off in the actual film disney does this like with the pig from uh, moana like yeah. that pig is in all the previews and there's there's stuffed plushes for that pig and everything mm-hmm. that pig is in the movie for that pig has two minutes of screen time <laughs> that pig's got a good agent <laughs> so i was like i was like <laughs> and and the the black droid is the pig of mm-hmm. last jedi Completely. Yeah, they had keychains in Target. They had like a display and it was half BB-8 keychains and half BB-9E, I think is his number. And yeah. I was like, oh, this is going to be big. No. Maybe there's nope. a whole side plot of BB-9E. I wanted the black droid versus BB-8 fight. Yes. Mm-hmm. Son of a biatch. Or like a good like, chase, and they're just rolling after each other. Yeah, exactly. a good chase would be great. Maybe that's what we're gonna get. Look I at mean, this—they tricked us into wanting this Blu-ray. <laughs> it worked. Well, you know, you know what's funny is like we're talking ourselves into like wanting this Blu-ray. 
All right. What else, Mustachio, droid-wise? Um, let's see. K2SO, the sarcastic version of C3PO. So good. So good. Well, you you so good. you wanted him in in this, in Last well, Jedi. Uh, more like him. More communication droids that that have like their own nature to them. That oh, have, like yeah, their own uh, fixes for things. But also, they know that they're not able to make the decisions. Yeah, That's this more droid this series. Yeah, th- this series has no C three PO. Right. Like like obviously it has C C three PO, but it's it's got <laughs> it's 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 got no main character who's like. C-3PO, who is our our droid who communicates through more than beeps. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because if, cause if Black BB-8 and BB-8 see each other and... They just start like beeping little... hysterically. Yeah. <laughs> it's... It, 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 it would sound like what, two cats what, what in would, heat fighting Yeah, outside. it sounded like, like a cat. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It basically is a cat fight. So what would the C-3PO, you know, kind of like standoff look like would that be <laughs> they would just they, yeah, it would, would just be, be like a series of, of very polite insults uh, oh, yeah. until Easily. until smoke comes out of one's ear and then it falls over because <laughs> they're fluent in over six million forms of yeah they would just be swearing at each other in thousands of languages <laughs> <laughs> what do you need more of in last jedi lady one i just want porgs all the time just more porg. More porgs. Porg families. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what do you want to see porgs. about porg I want to see porglets. Like little porgs. <laughs> Swimming porgs like otters. Would that be a thing? They do swim, right? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Do they because they, cause they live on the, the edge there of the, the shore. Yeah. Line, they got to right? be able to swim. They're kind of oh, like penguins. Yeah. yeah. They're so cute. Oh, my um, God. Uh, what other aspect of porg life would you like to, <laughs> to, to see explored? Well, now I'm just loving the phrase porg life. <laughs> their mating ritual. I want to know about their familial structures. You know, are they like penguins? Do the males sit on the eggs? Is is that how this happens? I want, I want to know more about porg life. What do they eat? Where can I get one? Um, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's what I want to know. Porgs on the brain. <laughs> how tasty are they? No. No more pork consumption. Too far chewy. Mm-mm. Are they chewy? <laughs> I, I, I hate though the like how how pork pork meat is so processed these days. Ugh. <laughs> Full of hormones. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's great. I agree with both of those. I want more pork. I want more droid because honestly, the human characters were were killing me in this. <laughs> <laughs> Just give me give, give me more of the other stuff. Right. Yeah. Anyway. Let's move on. Another piece of news. Um, Danny Boyle is writing a Bond movie that if it is that if it gets greenlit, he's also going to direct the next Bond movie. It's uh, why am I so I'm getting old is what it is. I know no names. I can't I, I can't remember. I'm surprised I remember my dog's names, to be honest. Um, uh, Bond. Uh, uh, what do you want to say? Bond, the guy who plays Bond. Daniel Craig? Ah! This is Daniel Craig's final Bond film. He's no longer in Her Majesty's Secret Service. He he will no longer be in Her Majesty's Secret Service. Um, but Danny Boyle, you know, the director of Train Spotting, Train Spotting 2, 127 Hours, 28 Days Later, Slumdog Millionaire. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Steve Jobs. Sunshine. What's that one he did with uh, Leonardo? The the the, the I- island? Was- no, the beach. The beach. He did the yeah. beach. Um, so Danny Boyle has a very deliberate style. Uh, how do we feel about a Danny Boyle Bond film? Are we into it? Does Bond need a, a shake-up? Has it been too marmalade? <laughs> I think um, that the Sam Mendes Bond movies, they kind of petered out and lost some steam with um, Spectre. The one where they go back to his ancestral home, which which one's that? Skyfall. Skyfall was the pinnacle. Skyfall was was very, very good fantastic story I love that movie. a lot of emotional heft uh, yeah uh, action that we want bond dealing with his age and dealing with mm-hmm. you know the the loss of the whole mi6 you know being you know or was that the other i don't know i'm yeah that was I'm, there okay I, I mix that and uh specter i just specter was so forgettable and the way that they brought in christoph waltz yeah <clears throat> The way they brought in Christoph Waltz and made him Bond's brother just felt so cheap and lazy. And I really have I don't have any love really for the for the movie Spectre. I feel like it's a it's a waste and it it added something that nobody wanted to Bond lore. So I think current Bond story was brought to its conclusion. It was brought to its exhausted conclusion and I I think Danny Boyle is going to bring some life to this. I don't think he's going to over overboil it. <laughs> he, he can bring some flair and some style to this story. That's been missing because, you know, the whole thing about uh, Casino Royale was, was it's like, oh, this is a new uh, gritty Bond. You know, it's, it's not, you know, uh, Pierce Brosnan's flashy, tongue-in-cheek. Yeah, yeah, flashy, glossy, kind of like tongue-in-cheek bond Mm -hmm. so i don't think there is exactly one template for bond you can do gritty you can do flashy glossy yeah and and i I feel like it is a universe that that needs a jolt after going so you know gritty you know for the past three films um they're fine films some uh skyfall obviously the strongest out of the last three and i think danny boyle is is gonna bring some uh a shot in the arm that this uh, that this franchise needs, because also Spectre didn't do as well as Skyfall did, so it needs something. It needs this this jolt, and I think with Danny Boyle's distinctive style, that it's probably the exact jolt that it needs. You want to talk Jurassic World three, and then I got a piece. Oh, bad. <laughs> all right, all right. That was weird. Uh, there's, there's something to that. I've had a lot of coffee. And I know three I've had too bacon. much. Oh, I've had way too much. I, I'm I'm simultaneously so jacked up, like, <laughs> and also like I'm starving, and I've I'm only so had three hungry. Of, I, I I've only had bacon. All right, anyway, <laughs> um, we stomach's crawling. So Jurassic World Two: Fallen Kingdom is not even out yet, and there's already a, a release date for Jurassic World Three. I saw this on Dallas Bryce Howard's. Uh, Bryce Dallas Howard. Bri- <laughs> <laughs> Bryce Those three-word names, I just jumble them up. They're like a Yahtzee thing. I just just shake them up in that. What is that thing? You know, in Yahtzee, you shake the dice in that. 
that weird it's little it's just a cup Mm-hmm. In the in the cup, yeah. I, just, <laughs> I I basically just just took her name and shook it up in like a Yahtzee cup and let the let the names come out. So on her Instagram, it had the release. You have to of, say her name like clearly again, though. Sorry to interrupt. Okay. So, uh, Dallas Bryce Howard. Nope. Is. <laughs> it's Bryce. Bryce Howard Dallas. D- Dallas. <laughs> so anyway. The female actress in Jurassic World on her Instagram put that uh, Jurassic World 3 is coming out in 2021. Mm-hmm. Do we think Jurassic World 2 is going to be such a huge hit that 3 is a sure thing like this? I've been underwhelmed by the trailer so far for, for this, this for Fallen Kingdom. Uh, I think this franchise might be falling off and... <laughs> um, what do we think about Jurassic World 3? And where do we think that 2 is going to take us to where there's a whole film 3 that's already out there? It's going to take us back to blue, you know, back to that relationship that Chris Pratt's character has with this two is? Know, velociraptor. Yeah. Okay. And so, it, yeah, it's going to have like a lot of flashback sequences or just a lot of, you know, uh, portrayal of this relationship and why he would go back. Because it sounds like he's going back just for Blue, he's right. gonna he's gonna get there and he's he's gonna say you're my boy Blue, even though she's a female. <laughs> so but. what are you super early crazy stupid speculating for Jurassic World three? That it's gonna have the same, you know, things that we love in Jurassic World. Um, Lady One, I lost my train of thought. Uh, yeah. Uh, Lady One, where what is your crazy, stupid, ridiculous early speculation for where Jurassic World Three is going? I feel relatively confident that a T Rex will be involved. Other than that, there better be. I I don't know. So I saw this on her Instagram. I immediately thought to myself, "Oh, well, she's definitely going to be in it then, since she's posting about it and she's so excited." And then I thought, "No, she's probably going to die in the second one." And this is like to throw us off the trail. And then I thought oh, um, they probably don't have a script for this movie and she has no idea if she's going to be in it. So I, I went on a little roller coaster and I don't know what this means. I did think it was odd to have a, an actor in the movie be the way that I found out this was happening. Not the studio, but Bryce Dallas Howard is like, Jurassic World 3 is happening. That seemed weird to me. So am I to understand she's going to be totally fine through this movie? That kind of would have been cool if something were to happen to her and she's not in the third one tragic that would have been real tragic right if she like died in the the lava yeah or what if the third one involves a major time jump and it's about these people's kids i don't know my crazy early stupid ridiculous speculation for Jurassic world 3 is we're done with the islands hope so and they have completed the militarization of dinosaurs Mm -hmm. and i think Jurassic world 3 is going to be fighting against dino military (laughs) yes Jurassic world 3 is gonna have it's true Jurassic world 3 is gonna have dino riders (laughs) yes it is and it's gonna have a a big uh military aspect it's 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 gonna be like yeah it's uh was was there ever like a cartoon where people were yeah it's called dino riders so so I think this movie is essentially going to be like the cartoon Dino Riders, uh, 
we're going to have militarized dinos because remember the first one that's what Vincent D'Onofrio that's what Vincent D'Onofrio's whole you know a role was in that in that film and that's that's why there was a large um investment from that one company was finding out about the the militarization of these dinos Mm -hmm. um and also uh, uh Wong took off with a bunch of the samples to continue this uh, militarization of dinos and I think that this, they're going to touch upon it in this second one and I think the third one is going to where we're going to see you know dinos in military combat dino riders and I really hope it's cool I really hope I don't it's know good. that sounds so stupid to me it do, it <laughs> I'm so out really if we have lame. weaponized dinosaurs and it's like a war fought with dinosaurs I, I could not be out any harder no, <laughs> it's very true. I would, I would be <laughs> shaking. I would be like shaking my head watching the, that trailer <laughs> for Jurassic World Three. But at the same time, I'd be like, "Damn it, I'm gonna see this." <laughs> so yeah. it is I time. Know, but anyway, I think they're gonna go to that extreme. each week. I, I, or maybe I you don't. Gonna maybe go you dino like the news and you, you hate this. I don't know what happens. We are going to fix Black Panther. The movie begins with like a brief description of how Wakandan society works. It's like this animated thing. Our cold open, if you will, is T'Chaka, which is uh, T'Challa's father. It's him younger, and he appears at, at an apartment in Oakland in 1992. It is revealed that his brother is selling Wakandan vibranium, which is a huge no-no in Wakanda. Anyway, we're back in Wakanda, and T'Challa has to take his rightful place as next in line for the the throne and they do this challenge this fight challenge on the edge of a waterfall and so there's the fight and a character uh umbaku of a different tribe a mountain tribe challenges him and loses and now t'challa is king and he undergoes this ritual where he visits his father the uh, in a place called the ancestral plane but then he gets word that claw is selling some vibranium and of course claw is an enemy of of Wakanda and they have to go to South Korea to this underground casino to find Claw. They go to the casino. Uh, Everett Ross is there. Everett Ross is the character played by Martin Freeman, who we who was first introduced in Civil War. He's our our CIA agent. He's the one who's doing the transaction with Claw. But anyway, things go awry. There's a big fight. There's a chase through the streets. Claw escapes, and when he goes back to Wakanda, the fact that Claw has escaped yet again is a point of contention with some of the other factions in Wakanda. Now we've got Michael B. Jordan. Uh, Michael B. Jordan, he's the son of the brother that we saw in Oakland in 1992 and Njobu. And T'Chaka actually killed his brother and left the child there. And that child is Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan grows up kind of uh, jaded with Wakanda and he actually ends up killing Claw after being his associate. Kills Claw, shows up in Wakanda with Claw and is like, look, I did what T'Challa couldn't and I am a Wakandan and I am royal Mm -hmm. as well because I'm the son of the brother and I have a right to stake my claim for the throne 
They do the fight again at the, the waterfall. Eric Killmonger, which is Michael B. Jordan's name in the film, Eric Killmonger wins and takes his place on the throne and the royal family goes in hiding. Well, and also when he wins, he throws T'Challa off of the, the waterfall and he disappears in the, in the mists or whatever. And Eric Killmonger gets the Black Panther powers and he goes to visit the astral plane and he visits his father. But then when he comes back, he also burns all of the herb that holds the power of, of Black Panther. He burns them. Lupita Nyong'o's Nikia is the love interest. She's She will never be T'Challa's wife because she has too much humanitarian things to do. But she ends up helping the family, the royal family escape. She even steals one of the bulbs before he burns all of them. So anyway, the family escapes. They escape to the, the mountain tribe where Umbaku is, and Umbaku is, of course, our guy who lost the, the challenge to T'Challa earlier in the film. It's revealed that Umbaku has uh, T'Challa on ice. <laughs> so they get T'Challa back, T'Challa shows up right as Eric Killmonger is about to send Wakandan weapons out to contacts he has in the world so he can start an uprising and uh, black people, people that have been oppressed, can rise up. And there's a big epic fight, and of course, all of Wakanda is involved and T'Challa wins and Eric Killmonger dies and then it's over and uh, at the end he gives a speech at the UN saying that Wakanda is now going to not hide in the shadows and they also are opening there's a scene where they're opening uh, some like humanitarian community outreach centers or whatever mm -hmm. in Oakland and that's it that's your plot <laughs> now remember we don't just start ripping it apart let's talk about things that we liked about Black Panther. There's a lot to like in this film. What do you like about this film? Lady Wand, you can go first. I like so many things about this movie. The performances were stellar. I loved so many characters. I actually, afterwards, I was trying to think about who my favorite characters were. It's definitely Shuri, the little sister. She's the best. Mm -hmm. She was oh, my yeah. favorite character. But I also really liked the general. And then I also really liked Nakia. And I was like, wow, when was the last movie I watched when I got to decide which badass woman was my favorite? That doesn't happen. It was so good. It made me really happy. I loved it. Yay. All right. <laughs> Mustachio. I also really liked the powerful female roles. Um, the King's Guard being all females. The Dora Milaje. I also liked the cinematography. It was beautiful. Oh, and I mean, the Claw's prosthetic hand cannon. <laughs> Wait a minute. We do have a prosthetics expert on staff. It is Mustachio. Give us your quick take on Claw's prosthetic. Oh, okay. So it opens up almost like that fifth element gun, which mm -hmm. is so cool. But I will say that the hand itself, they look a lot more real than that now. The gloves that, that, that <laughs> go on like a prosthetic hand look so much better than that. It did look like a shiny floppy. <laughs> it, <laughs> like, it looked like, <laughs> like a, it didn't look a silicone thought of a hand it, it was terrible looking but it did like open up like kind of bifurcated and then it got all like crazy gun weapon inside I, I thought it was really cool looking and innovative I right, hold on in the prosthetics underground yeah. have you ever been to like any like clandestine conference where they were selling black market gun prosthetics not that I'm allowed to talk about <laughs> 
but the underbelly of the prosthetics world you know i know you know something i i've heard rumors about it i haven't been you know invited myself has any mysterious stranger ever approached you with a briefcase full of money and said look this is what i'm looking for a prosthetic with a gun yeah that's called an investor you heard it here the prosthetic hand looks rubbery and terrible and I don't know if we have confirmation or denial of an underground prosthetics world. Anyway, what did you like about this film, Mustachio? I like the use of animals. Those rhinos for battle was really cool looking. Yeah, I hate saying the words like Shakespearean, but you know whatever. I I, I did like <laughs> all of did. the the palace and family. You know the the dynastic complexities. Um, mm-hmm. I very much like Michael B. Jordan's character a lot. Uh, I love Michael B. Jordan and Coogler's uh, collaborations, which is like all of all of them <laughs> have uh, Michael B. Jordan. Even uh, Coogler's next film uh, also has Michael B. Jordan. I I liked that they weren't afraid to shy away from any complex issues of race. It was done from a perspective that I feel like is not present in a in a lot of films. And I liked that uniquely black perspective. And I really liked all of the family intrigue and the, the action scenes I, I didn't think were particularly strong, but I definitely loved the plotting and the story that were going on. There were a lot of complex relationships that we saw reasoning behind and conversations within and we really kind of got into things that helped build more well-rounded characters and that was nice to see even though it's a comic book movie we still got to understand why people are acting the way they are towards each other we don't just have a straight-up love interest there's a conflict to why they can't be together and it's not nonsense Mm -hmm. it was it was really refreshing to see real relationships fleshed out. It was a comic book movie that was very much steeped in actual societal yes, issues. Yes, it was fantastic. So again, we said a bunch of things that we really liked. So Black Panther, it ended up having the fifth highest opening weekend of all mm-hmm. time. It made the actuals for the weekend came in and it was the fifth film to ever deliver over a $200 million opening in the first three days of its release. It had the second largest four-day gross ever. It also had the largest February opening weekend, the largest winter season opening weekend, the largest President's Day weekend opening. It's also had the largest Monday ever. So it's just literally breaking records here, there, and everywhere. Mm -hmm. Biggest opening ever for an African-American director. Top scoring superhero movie on Rotten Tomatoes. The movie's huge. We're here to fix it, even though we loved it. But here at Screen Fix, we're here to talk movies because we love movies and we're going to fix movies. Who has their first Black Panther fix? I have a fix that relates to the timeline of the movie and where it falls within the overall Marvel Cinematic Universe. Awesome. We get our nice little news footage to establish that T'Chaka's murder essentially was a week ago. So that's your cue as the audience to understand that Civil War was a week ago. Even though it came out last summer, it's February, that was a week ago. This is where we are with the timeline. However, everybody is way too happy that T'Challa is coming home and they're going to have the challenge and he's going to be king now for their king to have been murdered a week ago. And Shuri doesn't seem upset at all. And her dad has just been killed in front of the world. And she's cracking jokes, just real excited yeah. for her brother to come Flipping home. Middle yeah, she's, she's being yeah. very, very funny. And 
not at all phase. Yeah, so that seemed off-putting to me, as I will say. So I really would have preferred if they had thrown some expository dialogue saying, well, the six-month mourning period is over and it's time to name a new king. Okay, one sentence. And now I'm comfortable with everyone's feelings. Because I, I tried to wipe it out and I tried to say, you know, no, in Wakanda, they have much more of an ancestral connection. It's not as sad when someone dies because of that. But no, if you saw Civil War... T'Challa is furious that his dad has been killed. That's the whole reason we even know the Black Panther exists is because he came out to avenge his father's death. So that was a meaningful emotional experience and to just be on to the next moment in life and just, okay, let's have a ceremony then. It seemed odd for it to be a week. I am concerned that come Infinity War, we're going to be close to the events of this movie and we will have a bigger explanation of why Infinity War has to happen so soon after the events of Civil War. And that's why Black Panther had to happen real quick, right in between. Maybe there's more coming that will explain this and maybe I'll have to take my fix back. But for now, I was just not comfortable with the emotional feelings going on at this ceremony a week after the violent death of the ruler of the country. It just didn't feel right. Even your first scene with uh, T'Challa is him in that ship and he's like having banter about how he freezes when he sees Nakia. And yeah, everyone's having like fun banter. Yeah. And he, his dad literally, if, okay, if it's a week, like how short was the timeline of Civil War? Like- Seems like a couple days in there. Right? It it doesn't seem like all that happens in a a day. After the end of Civil War, this could potentially be days later. Mm -hmm. Because it says if it happened happened a week, he's literally like just getting back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like there's no, like they don't address those emotions of what happened literally days before. That's good. That's a great fix. All right. What else we got? Mustachio. Let's talk vibranium. Um, I've got a little bit of a problem with the very beginning and how it's a substance from a meteor from long, long ago that the ancient Wakandians happened upon. I feel like the whole like happened upon this substance disconnects them from their past and makes it seem like something they're hoarding and not something that was their destiny to cultivate and to mine and to take care of and to utilize in the best way. Instead, I would want to have like a scene where you have like more of like a story where the essence of this land and its mineral is part of its people. I like the idea that the society being built upon the meteor and all the vibranium, that it becomes part of the people who live there because there's got to be something there because that really cool inside your lip glowing blue thing, Yeah, that's not anywhere else in the world. And that shows that you're Wakandan. So I maybe we will get that in, are we going to have future Black Panther movies? Fingers crossed. That really gets into how it's not just that they have access to vibranium and then they can make awesome tools and weapons and Mm -hmm. technology. That it is part of the people there and that everyone who's been raised on this place is i don't know is has more has these gifts and talents and they're kind of super exactly right yeah, exactly let's, just... let's have that be more than just the heart-shaped herb that t'challa takes to become the black panther there could be more there going on with the society and maybe we just didn't have time for it in this one but i really do hope that we get to learn more about what it is to be wakandan and more about what that means to all of the people living in this world that nobody else 
has even seen. And this might not be where Jack Kirby and Stan Lee were going with it back in the day, uh, but maybe more of like what we know from the Avatar movie, where it's the essence of the planet. It's the it's what it's the life tree. Maybe something more of like a sacred ground that vibranium can only be cultivated from and be used by those that were chosen uh, to mine it and, and develop it and because they wouldn't use it for the wrong purposes. You're saying instead of it just being a meteor that landed, have it be something that was purposely sent to them? Yeah, uh, and, and I might be trying to rewrite you know, a whole silver age of no. comics there, but <laughs> 30 years of comics. Yeah. 40 yeah. years of comics. But yeah. it's something that I, I thought about because I, I just felt like it, it took away a little bit of, you know, why they have it. <laughs> JC, do you have a fix? Yes. Yes, I do. So my first fix goes all the way back to the start. So we have the first scene take place in Oakland. There's that nod there to the Black Panther Party with Oakland. And I think that that's fine. But I think that uh, where, where my fix really happens is, is the fact that it was Oakland 1992. Mm-hmm. And 1992, of course, is the year of, of the L.A. riots. That was the Rodney King uh, beating. And racial tensions were so huge. And I think he put it in 1992 on purpose. My fix would be to, to move that opening to, to, uh, to L.A. and the riots are happening. And that is why Njobu is so swept up in fervor. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that would have shown much more of a clear, very strong motivation. And you could really see clearly why he was so stirred to passion. <laughs> What is your next fix, Lady One? I'm sure it's a good one. They're always good. My other fix had to do with the only part in the movie where I sort of just was confused. For background purposes, when T'Challa wins the first challenge, he's given the heart-shaped herb to regain the powers of the Black Panther and visit the ancestral plane. And that's when he sees his father. They have a nice chat. It's beautiful. They're on the plains in Wakanda. It's this rainbow of a sunset. His dad is there. There are other ancestors around with Black Panthers. It just looks stunning. It was beautiful and it meant something to the story. However, when Killmonger wins his challenge and is given the herb and visits the ancestral plane, he visits his dad in Oakland. And they're in the apartment in Oakland that we get in the first scene of the movie. And part of that visit to the ancestral plane is him as a child walking into the apartment and finding his father murdered. And T'Challa also saw his father get murdered. But that wasn't part of his visit to the ancestral plane. That w- He wasn't yeah. suddenly back in Austria in the UN holding his dad. That wasn't part yeah. of his journey. So I was confused as to why that was Killmonger's journey, why that was what he saw, why he was there as a child and also as an adult, and why they were in Oakland at all. Yeah, it was like off-putting. Yeah, I was very confused. It didn't yeah. fit to what I understood to be about to happen when they put him in the sand and they give him the herb and, okay, I'm ready for this to happen. And it was not at all yeah. what I was expecting to the point where I wasn't sure that's what I was seeing. So my fix would be to make this more clear as to the correlation between Killmonger's visit and T'Challa's visit. And I would have liked when Killmonger visits the ancestral plane and sees his father there, I want it to be in Wakanda, but I want it to be dark. I want it to be nighttime, no beautiful sky, and just this fear and uncertainty and darkness in the background so that you can understand that his father is in a dark place. Because I think we are to sort of understand that Njobo is 
in a version of hell because he was about to kill Zuri, who's the Forrest Whitaker's character. He was about to kill him when his brother killed him to stop that. So if you're telling me, Ryan Coogler, that Njobu is in hell, I want this hell to be somewhere that I can understand. Hell shouldn't be Oakland. That's a little harsh. Hell could be the plains of Wakanda, but in the dark and it's scary and maybe there's noises of animals in the background and you just don't know. And also that would give a little bit more to the line that Unjobu says to Killmonger, which is the sunsets in Wakanda are the most beautiful on earth. And if he was in Wakanda in the ancestral plane, but always in the dark and never able to see another beautiful Wakandan sunset again, that's nice and poignant and sad the way that it should be. Instead of confusing me and going back to Oakland all of a sudden to where I don't totally know what's happening. That and uh, Michael B. Jordan's character was like changing from a kid yeah, to an adult. He was like both. It was weird. Yeah, it. you can tell that they were trying to do something mm -hmm. artistically and it didn't make sense to, to do it that way. You're you're expecting uh, an experience similar to T'Challa's. Yeah. Agree. That's a good fix. Like, make them correlate. Yeah. Mustachio, it's fixing time. Okay, so my, my problem with uh, another part of this was the, the fighting. It seemed like there was such a great fight scene with On the Waterfall between, mm -hmm. you know, uh, two characters that you understand their intensity, you understand the drive. There's there's complex character motives in this story, yes. and we get an ending where two CGI cartoon uh. characters are just rock'em sock'em robots each yeah. other, and we don't. Yeah, that was the weakest right, part. Right, so we don't have something that seems like a plausible climactic battle that that feels real, that feels like these complex characters and what they are fighting for. And so my, my fix would be instead of them falling down into this like uh, railroad uh, controlled by the vibranium and it shutting off their suits, maybe it's just like it completely shuts off their suits. So they're not going to be these cartoon characters um, fighting each other. Now it's like it's stripped down to mano a mano, two cousins, everything of a back history. It's driving them. Now they are ready to kill each other. That right there, I know it's a little raw. I know it's kind of scary, but it's so much more driven from the story that we had before. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, that's good. Yeah. So yeah, that, that subway was just turning off their powers. Every once in a while. I think that that fix is great to have it just, it's on and their suits are just yeah. off. Right. No suits, no flashes of yeah. cat suits. Let's just do this. And they just click the little necklace thing and the suits come off. And now we've got Michael B. Jordan versus Chadwick Boseman. And it, it literally doesn't look like cartoon action figures bumping mm -hmm. into each other. It was. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. It's a good fix. <laughs> I didn't really understand the way Wakandan society works. And I think that's because we're not shown enough of the actual inner workings of that city. Yeah. I like I, I didn't really understand the balance between the tech and the pastoral life yeah. like like we see people that are living outside the city like the one character played by Daniel Kaluuya who was uh, uh raising the rhinos yeah. which we found out that they ride on which, <laughs> which was which was kind of awesome. I was like, "This is this is pretty neat." So we got these rhino riders. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing those those rhino riders in uh, in Avengers. 
Yeah, yes, but, uh, definitely. <laughs> yes, I didn't. I didn't understand the the connection with tribes that live outside the city and the ones that live in it. Mm-hmm. And, and I also didn't really un- understand, like in this uh, world that has this high tech and this crazy uh, substance. I'm like, you know, what kind of society do they have? Is are there lawyers there? Right. Are there are there bakers? Are there <laughs> well, obviously there's bakers because ev- everyone's got to eat. Yeah, got to eat. You know. <laughs> what is it like here? Like, what's it like living in that city? It, it never felt like a real place to me mm-hmm. because I just saw this crazy palace. It would be nice if they explained a little bit more of how the civilization works because there's so many things that you can't have that jobs that don't exist within a self-contained society built yeah. on limitless resources. Yep. Like, do they have marketing there? Like, do they have web design there? Do they have their own internet? <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, is are all their websites .wa? <laughs> I mean, they're 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 obviously uh, not all working in Shuri's lab because she seems to be there by herself with like one other. Em- oh em- yeah, there's employee. like zero yeah. overhead. So I think a, a way that they could have made the city feel more alive would have been uh, they made it seem like the coronation of T'Challa was something that the whole country was celebrating. Yes. But at that fight, there was literally like 50 people on the on the rocks. Yeah. It, mm-hmm. it, it didn't, that's not a holiday or a, a national event. Just didn't have the feeling of this large national event. Because mm-hmm. the second fight when Michael B. Jordan comes, that could have been small. And they make reference to that being small. They say, oh, well, we have yeah. to prepare for a challenge. And he says... I don't need the whole country to be there. It's just you and me. So we are yep. to understand that the whole country was there in the first one, but we didn't yeah. see that. I guess they were represented by the noble families. Is that is that really it? I guess. I, I don't know. But like, yeah. And didn't they even say like, it'll take forever to yeah. prepare for this other one. And meanwhile, they, yeah, for the for this one, because the father died a, a week, week ago. ago. <laughs> which they would never have uh, expected to happen. So they literally prepared for this in like three days. Yeah, seems like they could pull it off. <laughs> but <laughs> when Mike, when uh, Killmonger wants it, they're like, this will take forever. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to see with that first fight, maybe a parade mm-hmm. through the city that leads to the fight point. Love a parade. So a parade where they just go through the city. I can see more of the city of of Wakanda and get more of an idea for who lives there, uh, what they're doing. Just make it feel like yeah. a real place and where there's, you know, people celebrating. Having an, a celebration actually seems like it's it's involving the whole country. Yes, definitely. But also just giving me small glimpses into the life of average Wakandans. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah. 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 So I thought that that would be a good fix for that. Have we fixed it? I think so. Wow, wow. I think we had some good ideas for fixes here that hopefully we will see in the next Black Panther movie. You know, more of Wakanda, more of the relationships, more of what vibranium means to this society. So hopefully there's a lot more to come from this character story. I'm excited for more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I've got something. It's not a fix, but just something to touch on. What what about Martin Freeman's near-perfect impression of Jason Bateman throughout that movie? What? (laughs) Smug and like kind of irritated. Like, how don't you? How do you not know this kind of attitude? I think they're setting up Ross to be Red Hulk. That's what I've read. Yeah. I mean, if you're gonna get someone like Martin Freeman in there, you 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 might as well use him. I think he'd he'd make a pretty great Red Hulk. Michael B. Jordan is my he, new favorite Marvel villain. He He's is the best. Eric 
Eric Killmonger was amazing. Yes. Without Michael B. Jordan's Eric uh, Killmonger, this movie is considerably less. It's he brought he it. He was in this, wonderful. In this movie. They didn't make him too simple. They didn't oversimplify his character, and they still somehow had him be a character who I watch him slit a woman's throat, and I'm still like, oh, but that guy's really cool. Like I still was <laughs> yeah. interested and fascinated by him. Yeah, his his plan was just fueled by some really complex um, emotions. Yes. It was it was. He wasn't just a bad guy. He was so interesting. I really really enjoyed that character. Yeah, consider Black Panther screen fixed. Oh, do you have any final thoughts this week? Chadwick Boseman is amazing. How is that man 40? He's 40? He's 40. He looks the same age as Michael B. Jordan. Like I would have said he was maybe 30, 31, maybe. He's yeah, 40 same. years old. He's 40. 40. Just wow. He's got that vibranium lotion. <laughs> All right. Why don't you send us home, Lady Juan? I, I have a little shout out. I need to give a shout out to some listeners of ours. Um, They don't want to be identified by name. So I just want to say... Thank you, Renaissance Man and Carmen San Diego, for your support of ScreenFix. We really appreciate it. Where in the world is she? That's the thing. I never know. Yes. So you can email us, screenfixpod at gmail.com. You can tweet at us, at screenfixpod. You can follow us on Instagram, screenfixpod. And then come like us on Facebook. We post the episodes there. Our episodes are on Spotify. Libsyn, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. Subscribe, rate, and review us. Please tell a friend. Please. We really, really appreciate it. <laughs> rate us. Yes, please. Also, we have a Patreon account where you can donate to the show. We also have dreams of opening a one-screen theater to be the home of podcasting and the home of Film Fest and all kinds of fun movie things. You can help make those dreams a reality on Patreon. So please check it out. So you just have to search Screen Fix on Patreon. And uh, we're done. Yeah. All right. Bye, everybody. Wow. 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 Wow.